The five sorrowful mysteries, the first sorrowful mystery, the egg in the garden. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth. Three hours and 40 minutes after leaving Dublin, we stop five miles southwest of Kinsale. Our destination is a village set in the rolling green countryside of County Cork. As we approach it, we notice how ordinary everything is. Fields with grazing sheep, fattened cattle, an excavated ring fort, a labyrinth of country boreens. All very typically Irish with an unchanging way of life. But then, seven years ago, everything here did change and change dramatically. For this is Ballinspittle, a place of little significance. And not until the wet July of 1985 did it take its place in this country's social history. In the summer of that year, at a grotto not more than half a mile from the village, a statue of the Virgin Mary seemed to move. The story goes that in the late dusk of a July evening, a woman and her two daughters witnessed what appeared to be a supernatural phenomenon. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy... On the 22nd of July, 1985, uh, I was about watching the news on television and my neighbours, the Daly family, came in and they said, come on, we'll go for a walk. And I wasn't particularly interested in coming down for a walk the same night. Anyway, they said, come on, put on your coat and come on away. So we came away with my own two daughters, Claire and Helen. We walked as far as the crossroads and they said, where will we go? And I said, we'll go to the grotto. It's, it's about a mile and a half from our... It's a lovely walk from our house down here. It's about a mile and a half. So we came down and we knelt down and we said a decade of the rosary. And while we were saying the decade of the rosary, Claire and John Daly started nudging each other. And I said, you know, I didn't know what they were nudging each other about. Anyway, we finished the decade and the two of them said it, the statue was moving. So we all kind of stood there in amazement and looking up and looking up anyway. As it happened, any one of us saw it and next to the second one of us saw it. And... We all sat at the time. It was like this now, twilight. It wasn't dark, it was twilight. It was about 20 to 10 in the middle of July. So anyway, we stood there anyway, and we said, what are we going to do? We'll have to tell somebody. So we went down to Margaret Carlin down there to phone, to phone John O'Donovan, this man here now, that's below, to phone him to tell him that there was something happening at the grotto. Would he come down? Because John is the, the worker of the grotto. He looks after the flowers and he looks after everything here. And he's, he was one of the founder members of the grotto. So John was away. So his son came down. Anyway, as the night went on, there was 13 of us here in the heel of the, the hunt. There was 13 of us here. And we came up here. And if we went too near, we wouldn't see anything. But if we went back down, we could see quite, quite plain. Like She just kind of move, you know, like that. So... We stayed here, and it just happened to one when we went home, anyway, that night. I didn't say it, but the following day, I said it to my when I went home, I said it to the family, all right, and uh, Christy Daly was working, he was working away in a kind of a public place in the shop, so he kind of said it, and of course it went from one to the other then, mouth to mouth from one to the other, so we came down the following night around about the same time, and there was about 50 people, 50 or 60 people here, and they were standing down at the roadside there, and they're looking up in amazement. Each one of them that were after arriving were after seeing it. So we came down then. I came down for six weeks we, before I saw it again. I was six weeks. I was over in the hill then one night, kind of doing duty at the time when the crowds were around, and I saw her 
just turn her head like that to the left and straighten it up again and do it again. So I didn't see it then for months afterwards, then again. And then one Sunday evening, three o'clock in the evening, I came down, say that I was here at three o'clock on a Sunday evening, and um, her gown floated out, like as if the wind was blowing it out. So I see it about, I don't see it every time I come, but I see it, uh, you know, on the occasion. I can't say I see it every time I don't. Were you surprised when you saw it move? No, no, I wasn't. Because we had heard that children saw it, children down the village saw it. And we've had heard several people saying, you know, you'd hear one thing and another and you would kind of say, oh, it was all kind of hushed over and there was nothing about it. There was a woman from America came up here when she was down in one of the hotels and she was very ill. She was dying of cancer and she brought up the staff from O'Neill's and while she was here she saw the statue move and the woman was cured. She wrote back afterwards and said it. Even though uh, on, on the 11th of February that year, 1985, there was four women called here to the grotto late at night when the light was gone out. And they were coming from um, a prayer meeting. And one of them said to the other, wouldn't it be lovely if we had light? It was dark, there was no lights. And the next thing was, the lights came on while they were there. While they were in the, the last decade of the rosary, the lights came on. I was in my house getting the lunches for my boys and um, a little girl, Claire O'Mahony, came in the door to know if she could use my phone. Um, and she said she had seen the statue moving. So I said, listen, Claire, don't be silly, or words to that effect. And um, oh, she said, I have, it's moving. So I said, who's up there? So she said, my mum is there and the dailies are there. And we've all seen it moving, can I use the phone? So I said, certainly. And she used the phone. She rang somebody to tell them what was happening here. I took no notice of it. I went down with my business and went to work the next day. I came home that evening. I still didn't come up here nor I didn't know there was anything happening here other than what the child had said to me the previous night. And when I went to work the second next day, somebody asked me about the grotto, and I said, what about it? And, um, you know, the girl said, well, aren't you living quite near it? I said, that's right. So she said it has made the front page of the Cork Examiner this morning, and one of them gave me the paper and I read about it. So I thought, God, this is terrible. All this happened up here the night before and I hadn't, I hadn't seen it at all. And I came up here the, the, the third night it would have been. And as I walked up the road there by the cross, there were people all over the road here. There was a big ditch down there in the river. The people inside the river standing up on the ditch. And there were rosaries and a uh, public address system. And people were saying the rosaries and there were hymns. And uh, it was a kind of a drizzly night. I answered the prayers, very, very sceptical. And uh, I was looking about me to know who was here and whatever look I gave at one stage, I saw the statue moving and I thought, no, be sensible, this can't be happening. And I looked away and I looked down to the ground and looked around me again and looked back at the statue and sure enough it was moving. So then I moved my position and I moved back and I went to several different positions. And uh, sure enough, I could see the statue moving. And I looked again, and I could see the face of our Lord superimposed on the statue. And I was afraid, literally, to say anything to anybody. 
So then some some stranger was alongside me and she said, can you see the statue moving? So I said, oh, well, I can see movement. So she said, well, I, I don't think tis Our Lady is there at all. She said, I think tis Our Lord is there. So then we chatted and we both were seeing more or less the same things. And I could see, you know, that happened for several, several nights. And what effect did it have on you? I was a bit frightened. And I, I was trying to tell myself to be sensible that this couldn't be happening. And yet, no matter where I moved, or no matter, you know, people knew I was a nurse. And, you know, if there was any little, any person got sick or anybody fainted or anything, there was somebody on the, the public address, would Mrs. Callahan go to such a place? And I was, I was working, really, but at the same time I was answering the prayers and I was giving the odd look, and each time I could look, I could see something. It, it, was, it was fantastic. I, I don't know what it was. I mean, people will tell you it was the lights. It's not for me to say. I took my own, my own meaning from it, and I'm sticking to it. And I don't wish to push my views on anybody else. Hail, Queen of Heaven, the ocean star, guide of the The undisguised excitement aroused by the moving Madonna was contagious. News of the event spread quickly. The Cork Examiner sent reporters and photographers to record the remarkable events and to photograph the most talked about grotto in the country. The Daily Mail of Britain ran a story headlined A moving experience comes to Balance Biddle. By the end of the first week, it seemed as if half the country was moving on Balance Biddle. Well, it was an incredible sight, there's no doubt about it. There was people pouring in on us from all over the country and um, there was just people everywhere and it was a miracle in itself that nobody got hurt here, you know. And there was cars for miles and miles of the roads and people walked for miles to see the statue move and to pray and sing hymns. And were they all people steeped in faith? or Why do you think those people came? I suppose the majority of them came out of curiosity because... When a statue moves, it's something very extraordinary, isn't it? It has never happened before, as far as I know of, any <laughs> until that year, you know. And why exactly do you think it did move? Well, it says in the Gospel, you know, that if um, people don't believe in God or if the faith isn't being, if the faith isn't reaching people, that the very stones will cry out, you know. So that's what it seems like, that when the statue moved, that the, the very stones were crying out for, for people to turn back to God and to pray and to live better lives. You know, that's what it's all about, really. And do you think the people in Balance Biddle have moved back or turned back to God? And are they praying a little bit more? Well, the people in Balance Biddle always prayed. You know, I'm not just talking about Balance Biddle alone, I'm talking about the country as a whole because the statues moved all over the country that year, you know. The people of Balance Biddle were always very religious, but I would say that that this um, affected us and that, um, what should I say, that everything seemed to be flourishing here now, you know, and the greatest thing that happened here really was that um, we renovated our church, you know. The church was in bad repair at the time and we renovated that at the cost of a quarter of a million pounds. 
That was a lot of money. Did a lot of money come into Ballinspittle as a result? As a result of the Grotto? Well, there was, yeah, quite a considerable sum. Like, people were donating, you know, who came. They liked to donate to the support of the, the Grotto, and some of that went towards the church then as well. And what do you think you'd say to people who would be cynical about it and say that, well, it was convenient? You, you were saying yourself, the statue wasn't just moving for the people of Ballinspittle. Right. It was moving for people all over the world. And what would you say to the cynics who'd say, well, it was just convenient that it moved in Balanced Biddle? Well, I, I, I still believe like that it wasn't just for Balanced Biddle people alone because the news spread, as you say, all over the world, you know, that these statues were moving in Ireland and people have come here from all over the world, from the United States and Australia. And we've had um, television crews from many countries in the world here looking at what's happening, you know. Do they still come? Um, no. Why not, do you think? Well, I suppose they got the information that they needed at the time and took it back to their own countries, and I presume that satisfied them, hopefully. Do you think that there's a certain amount of them who came and found nothing, as a lot of people would have come to Balance Spittle, in the hope of seeing something or getting something, right. and went away a little bit disheartened? Well, I presume that happened to some people, but as far as we know, the majority of people saw the statue move and took something away with them from from it, you know, to pray more or whatever. And how is life now in Balance Biddle? Balance Biddle was well, relatively unknown before it did happen, yeah. way back in 1985, yeah. and has kind of faded into, it, it's a distant memory now, if you like. How is life in Balance Biddle now after the big media impact and the big influx of 20,000 people standing at this grotto on one night? Right. Well, everything has levelled off, so to speak, you know, and um, life goes on. We're able to cope much better now with the amount of people who are coming because people still come when we have um, very many people calling here in the summer months, you know. And, um, as I say, life goes on and... We're delighted that people are coming here to pray and we, we uh, announce the rosaries publicly for them so they can join in with us. And do you get a big turn up at your rosaries? Sometimes, yeah, sometimes. How many would you have? Oh, God, it varies very much. Varies very much, really. Sometimes you might have 20 or 30 people, more times you might have up to 100 people. And how do you feel about the whole thing? I know you've told me you've seen the statue move. Right. But but how do you feel about it personally? Well, I feel great about it because, well, Ballinspittle is a famous place now all over the world. It's famous because, well, let's hope Our Lady has appeared here, if, if that's the right thing to say. You know, she certainly has made her presence felt here, you know, and... I believe myself that um, Our Lady is here in a very special way. I come here to pray often and tell her my troubles and she has helped me many, many times. And do you still see the statue move? I still see it move, yeah. I saw it a few nights ago. What, what, what exactly did you say? I just saw the top half of the statue move from side to side and to and fro, 
that kind of a and that kind of an effect. And do you think it's likely that it's going to move again, that it's going to cause the the great numbers to come back here again, or is it going to have to happen at a time when people are are at a very low very low ebb indeed? I suppose. Um, what you're asking me really is, the, do I think the crowds will come back here again? Is that what you're saying, like they did in '85? Well, um, I suppose the Foral Lord himself walked the streets. People would throng the streets and be jeering at him and be very happy to see him and all this. And then I, I presume after a few weeks or a few months, this would all die down and they'd all have to go back to their own homes and do their own thing. I was fed up with the traffic from Cork at night. Uh, the traffic from Cork was, was, it was fierce because they were all coming here now about this time. You know, I would finish work at 8 o'clock. And I would come out and onto the onto the Kinsale Road, and it was literally bumper to bumper buses and cars coming out here. That really is the only thing that I used to annoy me. As um, as for people calling for, nobody called for a cup of tea. Really, they called for kettles of boiling water, which was no problem. Plug in the kettle and give it to them, and let them off. No problem at all. Uh, they just block up my gate once or twice until I got very cute and put a notice below, please leave driveway, um, free or whatever the word I used. Uh, other than that, I didn't have any problem with them. I, you know, I suppose if it went on for 12 months or for two years, I'd probably be sick of them. But for the few months that it was happening, no, I quite enjoyed it. Did you? I did. I did. What was it, the company or what did you enjoy about it, people coming up with that? Oh, well, there was a great sense of prayerfulness here. I was thrilled to see young people coming here. They seemed to be getting a lot from it. I met a priest in Cork through my work, and he asked me about the grotto one day that he was in. He was a, um, a Father Finbar from St. Francis in Cork, and he looked after the itinerant children. And we had a fair few of itinerant children in. He was their chaplain. And he asked me about Ballinspittle because he knew where I was from. And I was telling him, and he said, Well, Margaret, I can see an awful big increase in the number of young people that are coming back to the sacraments. So I said, What sacraments? And uh, he said, Oh, well, confession, Holy Communion, Mass especially, even morning Mass. And uh, I said, um, Why are you telling me that? Because he said, I am attributing it in a big way to Ballinspittle. It seemed to happen round about the same time. And they're his words, not mine. Would it matter, do you think, if the statue had never moved? Not a bit. But then you wouldn't have had this great sense of prayerfulness as you just spoke about. Well, there was always prayer being said here. And I mean, but not not to the extent... I mean, the people... There weren't so many people coming as did come when it moved. And I mean, there are still an awful lot of prayers being said here, even though... There are not big crowds here. But is it still moving as much? Some people see a lot of movement. I haven't seen any movement for quite a while. But then, you know, I, I don't look much for it. I come up and I say my prayer and I pass on going for my walk. I pass here most days. Since I retired, I pass here, you know, once a day, usually. And I'd stop and say my Hail Mary and go on about my business. But an awful lot of prayers have been said here, and they can't go to waste. 
gifts, they must be, you know, there must be some good. I mean, it doesn't matter where you pray, once you pray. Right? Um, you know, we had loads of stewards here trying to marshal the crowds. I mean, there were thousands and thousands and thousands of people here. And we literally had great difficulty um, trying to keep some kind of organisation. Um, and I was chatting to fellas there that were on the on the, the the line there, the stewards. And my husband was one of them one night. And this fella passed along up and he said, Tom Kellan, could you ever find something better to do besides doing the fool here? And uh, yeah, Tom said, sure, somebody has to do it. And he came up here and he said whatever prayers he said, but he must have seen he must have seen an awful lot here because he went down a totally different person. He went back to my husband on the way down and he said, you know, keep it going, son. He said, you know, I've had a terrible experience up there, but he would not elaborate. And the, the greatest sceptics came up here. And when they saw movement and when they saw, uh, you know, I don't know what a lot of them saw, but it definitely had a, had a fierce effect on them. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. By any stretch of the imagination, it was indeed a remarkable phenomenon. The guards were called to investigate the possibility of a hoax. They shone a spotlight at the statue, and according to the 30 or 40 local people gathered at the grotto, the statue of the Madonna appeared to move again. No evidence of a hoax could be found. The statue was moving, without the intervention of any earthly agent. We had a sergeant stationed in Cork City. My wife landed into me one day and told me that somebody had seen the statue move in Bellin's I said, you're daft. I said, statues don't move. So I said, if it makes you happy, go on away and have a look at it. So she went in and she had a look. And she came home and she said, God, she said, there's something very strange about this. You know, she said, it's like you'd be looking at some... Uh, a living creature on the hill rather than a statue, you know. So that night, for curiosity and I suppose to keep her happy, I came along with, I think we had, uh, might have had a couple of the kids with us. But we were here, um, I would say about 20 minutes. And the crowd at that time was about, there would have been, I'd say, about 400 people here. Now... It was the most extraordinary sight even then for Ben and Spittle because normally if you saw half a dozen people together you'd say there was something big on, you know. But here we had people streaming up from the village. We had about 400 people here praying, singing hymns. And uh, the whole thing was very peaceful and a very nice scene for a time. And then without warning and for no reason that I could ever explain afterwards, the statue didn't just move. Now, what, what we saw, what I certainly saw, and I think what the whole crowd that night saw was, it was like looking at one of these three-dimensional films where the statue was actually suspended in the air. It appeared to us to actually leave the grotto and flutter in the air and go back in again. Now, it was quite, it was such an extraordinary and definite thing that the whole crowd that was present stopped in mid-sentence and there was a communal gasp of breath and then when it stopped they carried on again praying that happened at least three occasions that night now other people since have said that you know that they thought they saw the statue moving they thought they saw some type of movement but what we saw that night was quite extraordinary 
I have never seen anything like that since then. I've seen what other people claim to see is this, this, the, 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 the move, apparent movement of the statue. Now, that night it was so convincing for me that on the following morning when I was going back into work at about 8 o'clock, I decided I'd uh, have a closer look at the statue because I thought somebody was pulling on, uh, was playing a joke on the, on the whole parish. And I climbed up that grotto, I caught the statue by the shoulders and tried to shake it. And it was as solid as the rocket standing on. There wasn't a budge out of it. I thought, you know, it was such a, such a definite thing that night. I was sure somebody was playing games. And um, the thing developed from there. I, I went into work that day and um, by coincidence that was the first time it appeared on the local paper. It was on the Cork Examiner that morning. And um, over the next few days I got to know the Cork Examiner religious correspondent who was Tim Ryan at the time. And Tim Ryan used to ring me up in the morning. He'd say, you know, what, what was it like last night with the many down there? So after a few days I got fed up with this and I said, look Tim, would you do me a favour and go down and have a look yourself? Don't take my word for it. So I thought it was very funny. The following morning I got the Cork Examiner and the headline on the Cork Examiner was Our Man Sees Statue Move. So that, you know, if if, if somebody or if something was a fooling somebody then, well, they, certainly the, the Cork Examiner I would classify as a fairly reputable paper. And their correspondent was down here and he's testified to whatever he saw as well, you know. Do you still see it move? Certainly not now. Not now, but I haven't been here. I've just arrived now, you know. But did, but have you seen it move since then? I have. Yeah. I have, and in fact, uh, I've had, I've seen what... Now, I, I cannot say that the statue, that, that a solid statue built on rock will move. But what I've seen is an apparent movement. And it's such a positive thing. Again, we were here one night with... Um, there was a television crew who had come over here from England. And they got out of their care. There were about six people all together. And they came up to us in amazement at what they could see. Now, they were total strangers to the area. I don't know whether they were Catholic or whether they had any religion. But what they were seeing and uh, was so definite that they asked if they could go right up to the statue with their cameras. And we said, go ahead. And I know that the cameraman told me on the night that from a vantage point of about six feet from the statue, right at the base of, of the grotto there, as you can see where the little flowers are, he could see what he took was a... a a very definite movement of the statue from the waist up, rocking to and fro. He, he you know, he, he was very excited about it. The whole, the whole lot of them were, and they were total, I would say, non-believers. They didn't, they didn't come here. It wasn't a, a spirit of, of of religious fanaticism or anything that brought him here. They, they came here to do a program, and that was what they saw on the night. I, I, I can, you know, I, I, I think if you search for an explanation for it, you're not going to find any physical, logical explanation. I think the whole thing at the time was very much a spiritual event for a lot of people. I do know that the... I, I, I've seen the results of it, I've seen the effect of it, and I know that um, I've seen people come to Ballinspittle and return to Cork City and elsewhere totally changed. I know people that... Um, would never have, you know, they, they, they would never have got excited about religion or about their faith. I know that they're daily mass scores now.
and it's directly linked to Bannon's Spittle. That was a turning point in their lives. It's quite an extraordinary happening at the time. It's, uh, it's one of um, it's one of many grottos that were built around that time, 1954, the, the anniversary of the Marian. It was the Marian year, 1954, but this one is particularly beautiful. It looks very well this evening, though. It's very peaceful. Something very peaceful about it. It is a very happy place to be. I feel that it is anyway. Like, you know, as most people do, they tell me they do anyway. But... Is there a good community spirit now, better one than before, perhaps? There is. There is. I say there is. As I was telling a while ago, we wanted a pile of people here to, to keep the roads clear in, 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 in that year, in 1985, I think it was, it was. And we got three, there were three Protestant families came and helped us without asking at all. They just came and they said, oh, would we be any help? We had the light when we were trying to keep the roads clear because there was only two or three guests here at the same time and they couldn't. They couldn't keep the road clear at all, so they helped us the whole time. They helped us for a month, I suppose, you know, in the evening. And that was grand to see community spirit, you know. Has it meant a lot for the community in a financial... Financially, uh, do you think? Well, I'm the treasurer. I haven't been the treasurer at last how many years? Not. I wasn't the treasurer for the first 12 years. I think 66 I became treasurer. And I'm treasurer since. And at that time, during that time, we used to have to have Chapel Gate collections once a year for to, to keep the grotto going. We had a small little box there, but you could hardly see it. And there's pennies at the top of the went to anyone. <coughs> to keep the, the, and, and especially we wanted to buy shrubs, had to set them up there, right around like. And uh, we uh, got a lot of money from the locals around for to buy these shrubs, like, and when we had them all set in, well, they set them all, so, and, and uh, when we had them set in, well, we, there was such a drain on the, on the funds, like. So, over the last, how many years now, I suppose, five or six years, I'm sure now, we pays our pays all our bills whatever we have. Not a whole lot only I mean that we have nearly shrubs enough but there's light and any other expenses that we pay that. And what we have left in the end of the year we give to Father Keller because this is church ground, church property. Would it matter do you think if the statue didn't move? Uh, we wouldn't get all the crowds that are coming there. You know? But is it that important that you have crowds here? Well yes it's nice to see him saying their prayers, isn't it? You know, when they come to say their prayers that's all we want. There's so much more for us, our lady. You know? And, uh, to, I mean, we don't mind uh, whether they come up, but they, when they do come, we, 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 we like to see them coming. And they come and say their prayers or their rosaries, and uh, it makes them happier, I say. They feel happy going away anyway. Uh, after 1985, when, it's, when, when, when the movement wasn't so much, some were very disappointed going away as they didn't see it like. But at the same time, they came back again and came back again and they said they had as much good out of it as if they started moving. You know, they felt that they still had good uh, by coming here and saying their prayers here, even though they didn't see it moving. Would it matter to you if you never saw it move again? It wouldn't matter to me, no, no, Why? no. Because I have faith that it did move at that time and I started moving. And anyone couldn't persuade me that I didn't see it moving.
you know. And I'm not afraid to be making uh, tales out of anything that I wouldn't, anything that, uh, that isn't true, I wouldn't be saying it. Only if I, I definitely say that I did move, and I have no bother in convincing, well, I can convince people that they... And you're content with that? You're happy I'm with quite that. content, quite happy, and I'm as happy as any man in the parish today. And uh, there last week, you now we painted all that there and around there. We, and there was more women than men painted, you know. So, uh, it's nice like, to keep the thing in order and any other, any other thing to be done, we always will do it like. And when we feel that when we do it for our lady, it's just as good as we are praying. When we're there to work, I think it's just as good as we are praying all the time. We feel just as good anyway. If Our Lady was appear to appear to you tomorrow, would you be any more surprised than the day you were when you saw that statue move? I suppose I wouldn't. I wouldn't. You know? It wouldn't surprise me where I'd see her or when I'd see her. But, uh, I mean, people do say that they see it moving all the time, not time, not person. But I don't. You know, I didn't see it. If you were to ask her why the statue moved... What do you think she'd say to you? She'd say, prayer is wanting for the people and for the communities. That uh, there's too much carry-on going on altogether. That's not good for them. And if they resort back to prayer and pray to Our Lady, it would be just a good praying to Our Lord because she'll answer the prayers. Very Maybe, you know, in their own time, you might think now that if I prayed for something I didn't get to the air tomorrow, Look back in six months' time or twelve months' time to ask it coming to you, and you know, you know, in, in both health and mind and financially. Well, that's that's the problem here. If you come here, you can't go home. There's something here holds you. You can't go home. You can come here every night now, maybe about eight or nine o'clock. If you can down about nine o'clock now, you could stay here until eleven or twelve o'clock. And there's no such thing as go home. And during the time, during the time when the crowds were here that time. The one night there was terrible thunder and lightning. There was no rain, but there was terrible thunder and lightning. And we walked up the road, and no more than if there was no thunder there. Took no notice of it. And I'm terrified of thunder. I'm not a person now that is walk out in thunder. I, you know, I, I wouldn't go under the bed from it either. But uh, I'm terrified of it. But we walked up the road that night, three or four of us going home, and it was one o'clock. If it doesn't happen, one, and the thunder and the lightning flying, and we took no notice of it. Have the people in Ballinspittal changed, do you think? Some of them, I suppose, some of them, but not all of them. Some of them have. They, they're very proud of their grotto, and they'd hate to see anyone damage it or do anything to it. You know, but um, uh, beyond that, then we have the same people come here all the time, like the same parishioners come all the time, except that somebody's sick or somebody's, you know, something happens... And you'll have, you know, there'll be extra people come in and there'll be rosaries, special rosaries if a person is sick or very sick or ill or thing like that. Like, we have that. Times. How did you feel at the time it was vandalised? I was disgusted. I was heartbroken. I was above a trauma when I heard that somebody came up and said it to me and I came straight down here and, you know, we were all numbed here around the place. We were all numbed. Came down there and her, the whole face was gone and the hands were gone and the neck was cracked here. It was cracked, but it wasn't, it wasn't off. But the, from the veil out... From the, you know, the face, back as far as the veil was, just hacked away. And the two hands were hacked away. We were heartbroken that night. 
problem. We know what we were doing. But anyway, one turn now is turns another one. We we got it repaired and we put it back up and it was a grand instance. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Balance Spittle was to Ireland what Lord is to France. But there was one vital ingredient missing here. Yes, there was faith here, and devotion, and just as hushed a reverence as at grottos elsewhere, but no commercialism. There was fame here, but no fortune. Pilgrim prosperity was not encouraged by the grotto committee. Stall holders who usually move in on places of worship were not to be seen in balanced spittle. Rosary beads, pictures of gaudy virgins, or plastic Madonna-shaped bottles of holy water, economy or family size, were not on sale at the grotto site. Looking back on it, and at the time, back in 1985, I was only a few years living here at the time. We had only moved to the parish. So I was very much able to look at it uh, objectively. And certainly, as an outsider looking at what was going on in the parish, I would honestly have to say that... um, the whole thing was very spontaneous. There was no question of of it being the brainchild of anybody. It just happened, and when it did happen, the response of the local people was simply to cater for the crowds that came, look after them, see that they were safe, and that they came to no harm. I saw no evidence of any exploitation of the people. You know, if people came, if they needed to, to go to the village to get something to eat, which they would do after travelling for hours maybe, they went down and they, and, and, and they got what they wanted. But far from exploiting the thing, I think I, I saw that the Grotto Committee and the people generally discouraged any form of exploitation. People that uh, people came along here offering money actually to um, be allowed to sell their wares at and in the vicinity of the Grotto, and they, were, they weren't allowed, they were told to go away, that it wasn't that type of, an, uh, of a situation. The, what people wanted was to just, whatever was happening let it happen and let the people that wanted to see it come and see for themselves and pray and whatever and um, go home safely. That was the reaction of the people. There was no... uh, Nobody tried to prolong the life of it or keep it going. It was just a matter of um, as long as the crowds were coming, they were looked after, and when they didn't come anymore, well, that was it. Nobody made any big fuss about it. In time, the mask of normality covered the village. The pilgrims departed, none the worse in soul and mind, but most surely heartened and some even more strengthened to face that other unremitting pilgrimage, that of their daily lives. I don't know, I don't know. We came down there and we came down that night. We didn't come down purposely to, uh, to speculate or to, uh, you know, we were just out for an evening stroll like we often did. And, uh, I mean, people say we did it for our own advantage. We didn't gain anything by it. It was just one of these phenomenons that we have no answer to. I have no idea, really, why uh, Bannerspital should have been the place um, for this to happen. Um, 
I, I really can't answer that. I have no idea at all. But I, I do think like, that those of us that... that uh, I personally think that those of us that did see movement there and that did see other things there maybe needed to see it. And probably those that didn't, didn't need it. This grotto, it was built there many years ago. spot that's so serene to pray in peace together at the statue of our queen is there something in this moving some hope in troubled days a message down from heaven to change Christian ways No matter what is said and done It's an edifying scene At the simple village grotto With the statue of our queen